You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is the one and only Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are you doing today, I'm sir? I'm doing good. You know, we're getting closer and closer to uh, camps, OTAs, and all that stuff. So uh, as as we get closer, the momentum builds and the excitement builds. So I'm, I'm excited. We're also getting close to that dead period where we're going to have no news for about two months. And that's always like the saddest time of the year when we have literally nothing to talk about. So, yeah, we're going to have to find some fun things to talk about for the uh, Lockdown Cowboys podcast. But I'm sure we'll manage. But uh, coming up on today's show... Uh, we do our preview of the Cowboys' defensive tackles. Uh, we, If you haven't been following along, we went through all the offense in the last couple weeks. Uh, we are touched on defensive ends yesterday, and today we're going to talk about those defensive tackles. And uh, let's go ahead and talk about arguably uh, the most important position on the entire Cowboys' defense, and that is the three technique. Um, and playing that spot this year, we can assume it's going to be David Irving. Uh, Irving last year was very productive when he played. Uh, in the eight games that he played, he had seven sacks, six pass deflections, uh, 10 quarterback hits, 16 total pressures. He's just a force. So what is David Irving's ceiling if he's healthy and he is playing every single game in 2018? He plays all 16 games. What, what can you see David Irving potentially becoming? <sighs> Man, sky's the limit. I mean, uh, you know, if, if he's motivated and if he's, you know, got his head on straight and if he's focused, uh, you know, the, he has the athletic profile. And we've been talking about this since the Cowboys got him to basically do whatever he wants. I mean, he is a freak of nature athlete at the position. I mean, I think that on, a, on an athletic level, you, you look at him compared to other, player, other players uh, with his size – uh, and he just has a a profile that's that's ridiculous. I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous how explosive he is for a man his size. So, I think that you know he they they found a spot for him at tackle, which is yeah, I thought was surprising because of his uh, height that he would fi- be able to play the position. But his ability to get low and to uh, gain leverage. And explode off the ball is just invaluable there. And then when you combine that with the uh, just ridiculously long arms that he has, uh, he's able to get through cracks and slip through them with his with his kind of you know slight body, but he's strong enough to hold up at the point of attack. He's he's really a special you know physically gifted player, and, and when he puts it all together, he produces at a rate that is as high as anybody in the league, including Aaron Donald. The, the difference between him and Aaron Donald, of course, is that. Yeah, which, is crazy. which is crazy to say out loud, but it's, I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. Uh, but 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 the difference between him and Aaron Donald is that Aaron Donald does it, you know, snap in, snap out for every game that he's in, and 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 Irving, uh, you know, has yet to hit that level of consistency yet. And I don't. It's not that I don't think he can get there. It's just it's an unknown at this point. And I think you know, there's there was a lot of talk about whether or not the Cowboys should assign him to a long term deal. They obviously had an option for this restricted free agent deal, and even that got disputed by a lot of people. But I think the people are not taking into account the amount of unknown that is there. 
And and I think that that is the, the the other side of it. It's just there is no doubt that when he's playing and he's on his game that he can do it. He we've seen him be absolutely dominant at times. The, the question is, can you know how reliably can you count on him to play at that level for a variety of reasons? And that's the question. Well, can can we talk about those unknowns a little bit? I mean, because we know that he's had trouble staying healthy and we can even dive into a little bit with that. Uh, last year was a concussion that knocked him out for the second half of the season. Uh, we've known that he's been dealing with a wrist injury for the last couple of years. Uh, that he eventually needs surgery on. Um, he had the PED suspension last year, uh, the four game PED suspension. Um, and now there's this other situation out there. I don't want to call him a, you know, I, I don't know if it's his fault. I, 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 it's just a situation. It's probably the best way to describe that. So um, it, it seems like he's a guy that might be best classified as a, a, a variable. You just you never know what he's going to be. Um, if he's on the field, he very well could be your best defender that you have. Um, but I just don't know if he's a guy that you can rely on. And that's why we both thought that the second-round tender made a lot of sense because nobody was going to, to pay him and give up a – uh, a second round pick, considering all this stuff that you kind of tallied together, um, and the fact that he didn't really want to leave, he wants to have another good year with Rod Marinelli to prove that he is on that level of Aaron Donald and Adama Kinsu, so that when he when he does hit free agency, he can be paid like those guys. So uh, we know that Irving is as long as he's healthy, he's going to be that three technique behind him. Is there any long-term options on this roster that could potentially fill that role uh, in 2019 if David Irving decides to leave? Well, I mean, you know, we're going to have a conversation about Malik Collins, and and Malik Collins is definitely uh, a a difficult conversation to have at this point, especially with his you know continuing injury situation. Um, you know, I I think that. I think that at this point they're 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 clearly willing to let 2018 play out and then kind of go from there to see you know what they have under contract at the end of that and then also um, you know what is available available to them in the draft. You know the thing is is that I you know not to get too far ahead of ourselves and this is probably getting too far ahead of ourselves but you know the 2019 class is supposed to be remarkable for defensive line talent. So um, there could be a thought process and and the teams do do this where they you know project out to you know draft classes of the future. They could be looking at that draft class and saying okay well let's not you know we've got we've got a, a proven uh, or as close as we're going to get to a proven uh, commodity with David Irving as as we're going to get at this point in the you know, acquisition period. Um, so let's let's ride with him on this cheap deal. Let's see if he can reproduce it. Let's see if some of these other situations uh, 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 die down in his life. Because you're right, you know we don't want to get into the we don't want to get into the the you know the specifics of it because it's all you know very unknown to us but a lot of it doesn't necessarily sound like it's a david irving problem like it's his fault but Correct. but the, but the other larger issue is that do you want to deal with a guy who has constantly issues not being him but constantly surrounding him you know and so and so i think that's what makes this very difficult evaluation for everybody so i think for them they're they're fine with kicking that decision down the road a year 
uh, and, and then getting a year's worth of data, whether it be you know on field data or off field data, and and then and then making a decision you know a year from now when when it's it's time to uh, you know re-sign the deal or or you know decide what you're going to do with him. Um, but beyond that, no. I mean, I don't think that right now they're they're thinking too much about what's going on beyond this year because I think that they're they want to see they want to get more information on what they've got uh, before they're committing any you know sort of long term deals to anybody. Uh, not that they really have anyone to potentially offer a long term deal at this point. They just they don't know what they've got with Malik Collins who who cannot seem to keep his feet healthy. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Malik Collins because this is a guy that, after his rookie season, I was convinced he was going to be, you know, a top fifteen defensive tackle in the league because uh, he is so young. He just turned twenty three years old. Uh, he was very productive um, in his first uh, year of, uh, of uh, playing in the NFL. He had five sacks as a twenty one year old. That's only happened three other times in NFL history uh, among defensive tackles. Um, but last year. He kind of had to play a different position. He was forced to play a lot of one technique. Uh, they played him as a three, and he just looked a little bit more sluggish than what we were used to. Um, but this is the third time that he's dealing with a foot injury. Uh, in case you guys didn't um, didn't hear, he he broke his foot. Uh, I think it was that fifth metatarsal. Once again, uh, he had surgery. He probably won't be back until August at the earliest. Um, what do we think about Malik Collins long term? Where do you think his best spot is uh, on the Cowboys roster? And do you think this is a guy that can help them this year? Yeah, I, I don't have any doubts that he's going to come back and, and he's going to give them something this year. I mean, simply because he's shown us that he can do that. Um, you know, specifically coming off of a foot injury, he, he actually got uh, hurt later than this, um, his rookie year and was able to come back his rookie year and produce quite a bit um uh, uh you know for a, a defensive lineman especially as a as a pass rushing defensive lineman yeah five sacks even when he broke his foot that that five is sacks impressive without breaking your foot as a rookie defensive lineman is impressive Absolutely. so the fact that he was able to do that on a shortened uh uh you know off season is is pretty impressive you know i i, I mean i you know it's it's one of those things where it's hard to call the guy injury prone because he doesn't, you know, as he pointed, as I think it was Marinelli himself pointed out, you know, he doesn't miss games. Like he, he, you know, he's, he's, it's not like he's missing a bunch of games with these injuries. It's just that he's missing a lot of practice. He's missing a lot of, of yes. workouts. And, and, and I don't think he's as good when he get, uh, when he doesn't get the practice and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, I just feel like, I just feel like it's tough because, you know, the other part of the problem is that they've been trying to play him at one technique, which I don't think is a good fit for him. Um, and I think I that, you know, he – I love the idea of him and Irving sharing that three-technique position because I feel like you're going to get a whole lot of really good snaps at the three-tech position if, if they're if they're sharing those snaps. So um, I have no doubts, like I said, that he's going to come back and be fine. I just don't know – uh, if he would be as successful as he would, you know, with obviously a full training camp, um, but I don't have any doubts that he will still be a, a good producer for the team, and that this uh, he that he won't be able to overcome this and still give us some good snaps. It's just maybe not, you know, maybe not what we were hoping for uh, out of him. And I think that it, it doesn't really help to clarify the position any the fact that he's you know injured and he's going to be missing oh, the training camp, the, most of the training camp. So. 
I've kind of relegated my, to myself that this is going to be Collins is going to be just a rotational defensive lineman, uh, probably in his career. He's probably not a guy that you can ever rely on to be your every down three technique, especially on this this defense. Like we talked about at the beginning of the show, this defense is predicated on the three technique being a dominant player. They need that three technique um, to be a force. I just don't know if Collins is ever going to be reliable enough. Um, and explosive enough to really take over that role. But if you have him as that backup guy who maybe plays 35 to 45% of your snaps per game, I think he can do really well there. Um, Let's go ahead and kind of talk about the elephant in the room, and that is the Cowboys one technique position. (sighs) Do they have a starting one technique on this roster? I, I don't really know like what that necessarily looks like. At this point, I mean, but I also am not concerned about the one technique position at this point because I I really do believe that it's one of those spots that, like, we could get really late in the game and and plug them in and be fine. It's just not a it's just not a position that requires a lot of nuance, you know. Like I just you know I think that's that's the thing about it is that. What they're asking the guy to do is is you know work his tail off, but I don't know that they're necessarily asking them to do something technically difficult. So I really do think that you know you could get a guy off of final cuts, you could get a guy uh, who gets cut, you know, just in this ongoing period, and I think that you could get what you need out of the position for sure. It's just not a skill set. Uh, you know, ju- I'm talking about just the one tech, you know run stuffing aspect of it. It's just not a skill set that is difficult to acquire. Um, and I, and I think that I understand the, the hand ring in the, in the, in the state of the current position, uh, of the current state of the position. But I also think that this is one of the few positions that like, this is not the only time of year that you can get acquire somebody that is good as, as a double team occupier. I think that there's plenty of opportunity for them between now and the first game of the season to to fill this position. I, I'm just I'm not so worried about it at this point. See, I I guess my thing is I'm not necessarily looking for a guy that's going to occupy two blockers in uh, you know on first and second down because that's not how most teams run anymore. You can't have those big 330 pound defensive tackles in the game against wide zone teams because they just absolutely kill them. Uh, you need a guy that can get up the field. Um, you know, you, you need a, you need a guy like Terrell McLean that can cause disruption in the backfield. I'm looking at their list of guys that could potentially do that uh, on this team. And I just, I don't see enough talent among but those see, guys. But so see, don't you think, that, which, don't you think uh, go that ahead. if like, but if you look at that list and let's talk about some of these guys, I, I think if you look at that list, if you put another guy, one guy that they get on top of that list, I think it's a good list for one technique. I agree, and and I, I agree with that. But I, I'm I guess I'm more pessimistic that that guy's still out there. I'm looking at free agency. I'm looking at some of these names, and I, I just don't see many of those guys out there now. Maybe Jonathan Hankins is a guy that could potentially do that. Um, but it doesn't sound like they have interest. They had interest in Terrell McClain. Um I, I agree with your point. I'm just I'm I don't see where that guy's going to come from. I just think that from. you know you, you got to look at final roster cuts when they start cutting people down from training camp. I think that you know look uh, these guys are the most expendable ty- guys on the defense usually. 
You know, that it's ju- like you know, it's that. just not a skill set that it has a, a ton of value. So I think that these are guys that are likely to peel off, be you know, be uh, final cuts off their rosters. And I think that's the kind of guy that you can go and get. And if not, you, I think you can flip a low level pick for a guy that you know maybe later in you know later in the training camp and go get get that guy. I just think that the the point is is that y- you don't. You don't. I don't feel the need to, to have that guy on my roster right now because I I, I want to see what Brian Price can do. I want to see what Richard Ash can do, and because uh, I think both of those guys have potential uh, upside. Now, you know, upside to be what to be like you know run stuffing one techniques. It's not exactly a far place for them to have to get to. So l- let's get them in there. Let's see what they're like. If it's not good enough, then like I said, I think there's still opportunity to go get this guy if the, if we were talking about a left tackle if we we're talking about a swing tackle if we're talking if we're talking oh, about a, yeah, a wide absolutely. receiver that you know needed to be the number two wide receiver or if we we're talking about uh you know any number of other positions i would be totally freaking out that we had gotten to this point and not acquired a guy but i just think that this is one of the few positions that is imminently acquirable. It's just the, the guy that can fall off a turnip truck, and we could if he's if he just does these two or three things well, we he can, we can plug him in that spot, and he could be our quote unquote starting one technique. Because, like you said, at the end of the day, if, if, pa- if there's more passing situations, he may not even be on the field very often. And so it's and 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 and, and even if there are more passing situations, you may prefer a Brian Price or a. Uh, yeah, a Dayton uh, uh, Jones. I'm sorry, or like a Lewis Neal, someone like that that they that they you know that they may like as a uh, a changeup kind of guy. So uh, you know, I think that th- there's you're right that that this is not a great time of year to be missing a a guy at the position. But I think that there's bodies they can throw in there. I think Jihad Ward can take some snaps there. I I, I just think that there's decent enough solutions for where we are in at this point of the year and there could be better solutions a little bit down the road all right call your shot now week one of the season who is going to be the cowboys starting one technique someone not on this roster Ooh, that's interesting see i i think that, i actually think that's the ideal scenario but i have got a feeling it's going to be malik collins even with malik collins messing all of camp Probably, uh, maybe most of the preseason, I think they're going to put Malik Collins in there just because he's more talented than the rest of the guys on the roster. That's um, that's certainly possible. Let's go ahead that's and talk. Is possible. Yeah, I, I, and it's not like Collins does a really bad job there. It's just not his best spot, um, which is kind of unfortunate for him. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to some of these other defensive tackles. Uh, we're going to run through some of these names really quickly, and you just tell me uh, would these any of these guys interest you, or uh, just give us a quick. Couple quick notes. Uh, we'll start out with Dayton Jones. Dayton Jones, uh, such an interesting guy, like because you know he's kind of this uh, undersized player that they've tried like moving around at a, a bunch of different spots. Um, you know, I, I just think that I, I think the defensive tackle is definitely his spot. I, I think that that's where we saw a lot of uh, 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 good good snaps from him. Um, uh, you know, in relation to himself. You know, I think that's where we've seen probably some of his his best snaps i i would be interested to see if if he is a guy that they um because they just recently was it him or was it neil that they moved to fullback and then moved back 
See, I Neil. always get Neil, Neil and him mixed up. That's the, that's the other issue, and, and they're very similar too. Yep. Where they're both, you know, undersized, hardworking, um, you know, you know, kind of explosion guys. Dayton Jones, I think, is more of a one technique because he has more of a big body. I mean, it, uh, they're both undersized, but in different ways. You know, Dayton Jones is is Dayton's yeah, quite, well, quite a bit bigger, taller, and and, and built bigger, but he's just. Not underweight for a defensive tackle, especially in a no tackle. Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, Lewis is is uh, uh, Lewis Neal is you know a shorter, squattier kind of, but also only two hundred and eighty pounds. You know, so um, I, I think that if if they were to put Jones, you know, I don't, I'd like to see where he comes out uh, after this offseason. If he's over three hundred pounds, then I, I think he could be a guy that they're trying to groom. For that starting one technique position, so you know, and that's the other thing about that is that they have three or four of these guys who, you know, maybe with an off season in the in the weight room, they come out and look like different players, and, and maybe that's what they have in their back pocket because they they really don't require a spectacular player to be out there to do the job. I just want to read you Dayton Jones's mock draftable uh, percentiles uh, when you put him at defensive tackle. Uh, 97th in the 40-yard dash, 94th percentile in the 10-yard split, 83rd percentile in broad jump, 85th percentile in three-cone, 93rd percentile in 20-yard shuttle. That's an explosive defensive tackle. Um, Right now, he's listed on the Cowboys website at about 288 pounds. Uh, If he can play around that, I I love him. That's still undersized for one technique, uh, but as a hybrid, can do a little bit of both. Uh, I really, really like him. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about Jihad Ward, the defensive tackle that the Cowboys traded from uh, from the Oakland Raiders for, for giving up Ryan Switzer. Um, Ward struggled the last two years in Oakland, uh, but he's a really long uh, defensive tackle. He really, he almost looks like David Irving in the size that he has. Nowhere near as athletic. Uh, but talk to us a little bit about Jihad Ward. Yeah, so Jihad Ward is a guy. I mean, you know, just to kind of remind. People that may not be, you know, fully aware of draft Twitter for the last few years, Gian Ward was definitely that guy that everyone thought was going to get over, overdrafted, and and I it did get overdrafted. Let's, I mean, let's, yeah, yeah, he did uh, absolutely uh, by the Raiders, and, and I think you know he he was such a difficult uh, thing to figure out, you know, because he he comes in, uh, he's he's got tape that is you know makes him look explosive at times. Um, and then, you know, he comes in, he doesn't test very well in, in the combine, or at least not like in a, a super explosive athlete that everyone ex- assumed he would. Um, and then he shows up at the, you know, they, he shows up at the senior bowl, the year the Cowboys are coaching and like five minutes after working with Rod Marinelli looks like a completely different player. I mean, just looks like he's, you know, he's explosive. He's, he's, he's working the bags in a completely different manner. His hands got some pop to them. And, and you see all the stuff that would occasionally flash on tape. And and honestly, like for a couple of years since Ward and, and even before him, I've had questions on, what exactly has been going on in that Illinois defensive line coach group? Because they've had a couple of, of these guys <laughs> who have come out that have That's been true. like, what? This guy is an amazing athlete, and he's just, he doesn't know what he's doing, you know? And, it, and, and, and they're like, I'm pretty sure they were all tackle reads, weren't they? Weren't they all just doing tackle reads or something crazy? Like, yeah. I'm thinking of that Smoot kid yeah, that, exactly. that Jacksonville drafted and, a couple and it was years like, ago. And, and, and so. He goes to he goes to Oakland, 
Oakland tries him out as a uh, as a five technique. And 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 honest to be fair, like everyone kind of pegged him as a five technique because he, if you look at his numbers at his as you know, he's six five three hundred. Yeah, that's standard, prototype, you know, prototype three tech. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I I. I I'm excited to see uh, you know look it's a it's a it's a swing for the fences with this guy you know like uh, uh, he could really come in here and 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 Marinelli may just have the fix for this guy you know what I'm saying and because I mean he clearly he did something in a very short amount of time that made him very happy and he and that was the other thing about it is that he was enamored with Ward all throughout the, the senior bowl practices so um I, I, I'm interested to see exactly what their plan is with them. Uh, like I mentioned, he may kick in and give you some one-technique snaps as well. Um, I, I'll be interested to see exactly what they have from him. But i, I got to say, I am certainly glad that they got him now that we are looking at a, a situation with Malik Collins' foot. Um, it's going to give him lots of uh, opportunity to get a whole bunch of snaps inside and, and during training camp and really kind of find out what we have in the player. He's got to change that number, though. 51 looks dreadful on a defensive tackle. Just just throwing that out there. Uh, two other guys that I want to bring up real quick. Um, we, t- we talked about Lewis Neal. Uh, the Cowboys do have two what you would call prototype nose tackles on their roster in Daniel Ross and Richard Ash. Uh, Ash has made a couple plays for the Cowboys before. Uh, he had a sack last year in the Philadelphia game. Uh, Daniel Ross didn't play much for the Cowboys last year. Um, any quick thoughts on Ross or Ash? Uh, I like Ash. I mean, I, I think that, yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I think he, he can give you, if he's in the game, it's not like you feel like he's, you know, going to lose the game. I, I don't want, I don't want him playing a bunch of snaps, but I have no problem with him as the bottom of the rotation defensive tackle, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I, if, if you think that you can get another defensive tackle in here, and uh, Brian Price can get those snaps instead next year. I'm even happier. But uh, I, if he can't, I, Richard Ash is not a terrible floor to have uh, as your you know rotational one technique. And we forgot to talk about Brian Price. We've talked about him a lot on the show. When he was healthy last year, uh, he actually splashed and made some plays. Super raw, just 23 years old. Uh, but it seemed like a guy that was improving the more he played. Now he's coming back from a pretty serious knee injury. Uh, I believe it was he he dislocated his kneecap, and it was a pretty severe thing. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, if he comes back healthy. But uh, any quick thoughts on Brian Price? No, I mean I think you said it. I, you know, for a guy that was only getting like 10 to 15 snaps, uh, he was making a play every single game, uh, and that's that's a pretty decent ratio for a guy that uh, you know isn't getting in a lot of opportunities. So I was when he got hurt, it was unfortunate because I was excited to see where uh, his uh, progression was going. But I'm I am excited to see what he does, and I think he could be the one technique that they have in their back pocket that they really may like as a guy that they want to give an opportunity potentially to start. Um, and then one more guy I wanted just to mention really quick. DeQuentin Osborne was a undrafted free agent uh, by the Cowboys. Uh, another typical uh, nose tackle. Um, I think he's a guy that needs to spend some time on a practice squad before he's ready for the games. But um, let's go ahead and grade this unit. As always, our four criteria are, are, that we have been using are dominant group, solid group, 
needs work and smoking crater. So what do you think about the Cowboys defensive tackles heading into the 2018 season? I think, I mean, I think needs work is where we are because I, I think that, you know, you've got, a, a, like we said about Irving, it, he's just not a reliable commodity, but he's a proven commodity, you know? And I, I think that, so I, I, if he was a reliable proven commodity, that that might be different. But I just think that there's a whole lot of question marks here. And, and I think that, you know, they're, they're, like I said, I'm not concerned about it yet because I think that the talent that they have can do the job. Uh, especially at three technique, which is the most important, way, 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 way more important of the two positions. Um, and then at one technique, I just think we're not at a point where the the question has to be answered yet at that position, in my opinion. So, um, uh, you know, at this point, it's I just think it's a needs work scenario, but that's based largely on when we're grading this group as opposed to, you know, where it will be when the season comes. I agree. I, I I still think it's a solid group because of David Irving. Um, that's a guy, when he hits his ceiling, um, you have one of the most disruptive players in the NFL. I still really like Malik Collins, even if he's just a backup three technique. Uh, you can find a one technique, but between Brian Price, Lewis Neal, Dayton Jones, Jihad Ward, I feel confident they can at least get average play from one of those four. Um so overall, not a bad group. You look at their defensive line really in combination with the defensive ends, and that's where you start to really see where the strength of this team is yeah. going to be at. They've got a lot of guys that they can throw out. They've got a lot of athleticism. Uh, they've got a lot of numbers, and that's a good thing for Rod Marinelli because not only is he going to use a bunch of guys, that's going to create a bunch of competition. So we're going to see some interesting battles between guys like potentially Dayton Jones and Lewis Neal and Jihad Ward. Maybe all those guys are fighting for one roster spot. Um, and, you know, if you get the best of those three, I feel pretty good that you're going to have uh, a pretty solid And group. also, so, when, uh, real that's quick, it last for, thing is go ahead. also when you you got to compare them all together, they're all going to be playing different different spots. Those defensive ends are going to be kicking inside. Absolutely. So you have to consider the spot as a whole. And when you do that, it looks like a pretty good group. Absolutely. All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, next time we will be talking about the Cowboys linebackers, and I have lots of thoughts <laughs> on Leighton Vanderesh, Jalen Smith, and we are going to get all into all that stuff, so I'm excited to do that one. Uh, make sure you guys follow Landon at McCoolBTB. You can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys, and, of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We will see you guys next time. 